always in survival mode. And if you're always in survival mode, you don't have the confidence to invest in today with the uncertainty of it, like not giving instant gratification and instant feedback, right? And building your team and building systems and uh, delegating certain things like these aren't going to you know make you rich overnight. The Strive for More podcast will resonate with those that strive for more in any aspect of their lives. Follow along on one man's journey on the path to a meaningful life through long form interviews with everyone from successful entrepreneurs, artists, physicians, leading scientists, social media influencers, and professional athletes. This episode of the Strive for More podcast is brought to you by the Strive Accelerator, which is a weekly mastermind group for entrepreneurs. So if you're not seeing the success you want, or you're searching for a community of like-minded business owners, then send an email to jared at striveaccelerator.ca to book a call and learn more. This episode of the Strive for More podcast is also brought to you by 2X. In less than three years, 2X has helped clients generate over $200 million while in the 2X coaching programs. If you're running a six-figure business and looking to get yourself to the next level while also getting out of the daily grind, check out 2X at 2x.co. Our next guest is an author, investor, and business growth advisor, as well as the founder and CEO of a company called 2X, which specializes in helping six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs turn their business into a consistent, fast-growing machine while completely removing them from the day-to-day grind. Please welcome to the show, Austin Netsley. The man himself, Austin, thank you so much for joining us today. Jared, the man himself, thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm excited that we could make it happen and uh, hopefully get some good value today. After, after working with so many entrepreneurs at this six and seven level figure kind of level, I'm interested to get your take on what do you think is the biggest difference between that six figure entrepreneur and that seven figure entrepreneur? I think it starts with the mindset, right? It's like if I see somebody that's running a $2 million business and I see somebody that's running a $100,000 business, they're, they're two different people. And it is so much is about the mindset. And the, the challenge of it is, is like what it takes to get to that first 100K, 200K, 300K is completely different than what it takes to get up to two, three million, right? Is like, you've got to make this transformation and change is hard when we've trained ourselves. Uh, that success is built one way. And again, getting to 100, 200, 300,000 is not easy, right? It's like there's some things that you do that we train ourselves of like, hey, this drives results. And then we keep doing that. And and unfortunately, you hit a ceiling and then you're just kind of capped out. And that's that's what we see so often is people will get to those uh, low six figures levels, but they won't make the leap to the next level. And so much of that is about the mindset. Can you speak to any specific mindsets or mindsets that really stand out in your opinion? There's so many. The biggest one is about letting go, right? Is like so many of us think nobody can do what I do or, you know, we try to hire somebody, but we don't set them up for success and, and they don't get it done right. And then we just reinforce the belief of, oh, I know I should have just d- d- done it myself. It would have been cheaper, easier, faster. And, and But this is, this is a job that we're creating for ourselves. Whereas if we shift it, to a true business owner, a true seven-figure CEO mentality, the seven-figure CEO is thinking, hey, who can do this for me? Or who, what system can I put in place to have this done 
better and easier and not me having to have me involved at all. Right. So it's a totally different mindset shift of I'm going to do it myself versus I'm not going to do it at all. I'm going to put in the system and the team in place to be able to do that and do that at scale. And uh, the, 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 the seven figure CEO mentality is a hard one to have. And it's especially a hard one to have if you get burned a few times by trying that, by trying to delegate and it not working out, by trying to hire people for it to not work out. So then we reinforce these beliefs of, okay, I knew I should have just did it myself. So most people stay stuck. And the fact of the matter is most businesses uh, uh, fail, but of the ones that don't fail, most don't succeed. Um, and only 4% of businesses, Jared, only 4% get past that magic million dollar mark. And it's so much because of that mindset of letting go and being a true business owner instead of having your business built around you. Do you think the biggest factor in folks not being able to take on that mindset is due to number one, to being burnt in the past with delegation? Number two, is it about not having the knowledge to be able to do it? Or number three, is it just an unknown unknown that people don't even know they don't know? I think number one is actually that people never get far enough ahead. Like we're always in survival mode. And if you're always in survival mode, you don't have the confidence to invest in today uh, with the uncertainty of it, like not giving instant gratification and instant feedback, right? And building your team and building systems and, you know, uh, delegating certain things like these aren't going to, you know, make you rich overnight. And if they don't do that and have that instant gratification, like it's not fast enough for people. That's why they just keep doing it themselves. So I think that that's number one is like we're, we're so much in uh, a scarcity mentality or a survival mentality that like we don't have time to try and test this delegation or try to, to, to do these certain things. So um, uh, you've got to get ahead uh, financially. You've got to get ahead uh, with, with some clarity so that you can start to invest in your business in the proper way. Um, and have that time and take some of that pressure off. But so many people are just so reactive. They're putting out fires every single day. They're scrapping every single day and week for, for new leads. And, and they may have a great month, but then the next month they've got to go back and just muscle more leads uh, to, to make sure that they're surviving. And if you can't escape that survival mode, you're never going to build your business in the proper way. Specific to you, what are some of those mental tactics or strategies that you use in order to get ahead, in order to build the business that you've already built? The simplest thing that so many people can do, no matter what level of business you're at, is win every single day. And what I mean by that is like start your day with at least two hours of important stuff. Before you get into the weeds, before you go check your email, before you go check social media, before you even check in with your team, do some important things that are going to move the needle forward in your business. Oftentimes these are income producing activities or maybe they're, you know, on future big marketing initiatives or whatever. But if you can spend two hours every single day moving your business forward and working on some income producing activities, like you're going to get ahead pretty quickly and you're going to at least win the day. Sure. There's going to be some fires and things that you have to do uh, later in the day, but like spending that first time before you get distracted, before you get in the blur of the day today, to work on stuff that's going to move the needle forward, you're going to be in a, a, a improved spot and get ahead, uh, which is, again, that allows you to then have cash flow coming in and be able to start to invest into the team and other resources that you need to grow even further. Was this mental strength ever a weakness for you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I think um, 
I think 99.9% of uh, entrepreneurs have struggled in this area. Uh, I think that the other 0.001%, half of those people are lying. Um, And the other half is David Goggins. Um, So uh, everybody deals with the mindset. And it's not easy. Even when you're at multiple millions, I can tell you it's not easy at the the level of transformation that you have to go through as well. But my favorite thing that I, I talked about so much in the past 12 months is like, your level of success and growth is directly proportional to how well and how often you transform yourself as the leader. No matter if you're making 10K a month, 50K a month, $500,000 a month, uh, that is true. Your level of success uh, is going to be directly related to how well and how often you transform yourself as the leader. So um, I've dealt with it my entire life and I'll probably deal with it in some way, shape or form in my entire life in the future as a, as a business owner, especially. And the big challenge that I personally was faced with, uh, as a business owner is letting go and like actually relinquishing, like somebody else is going to do something. Cause I, you know, was a self-diagnosed perfectionist and all these things, uh, and, and the ability to actually like truly let go and trust in other people and give them responsibility and let them fail some, even when you know the answer, uh, letting them fail some is uh, not easy uh, at the beginning. And the best thing that you can do is start small and build up. And over time, you realize it's the only way to have leverage is to let go. And there's one of my favorite stories related to this that uh, I share in my book. Um, uh, specifically talk about from six to seven figures. Uh, do, you, do you have a copy of the book, Jared? Yeah. And for the listeners, it is one of the most powerful books I think you can read if you're a new entrepreneur. I, I just feel after having read it, I feel so much more set up to oh, nice. take that next step. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm glad you had, I was going to send you a copy if you didn't, but um, so in, in the book, I shared this, uh, the story of uh, these smoke jumpers and smoke jumping is a, like the most dangerous job that I could possibly imagine. And so they, they, these, these smoke jumpers jump out of a plane into like these wildfires to like stop the blaze from, from spreading. And they're like fighting fires down in the trenches in these like natural, usually forest fires. So there's a, a true story that uh, 15 of these uh, smoke jumpers like jumped in, in, into this canyon and they were fighting this fire and like, you know, had, they had their, their big packs on and everything. And all of a sudden the, the wind started to change and they, uh, uh, the fire that was you know pushing one way started to turn around on them and now surround them and start to come towards them. So these 15 smoke jumpers that are risking their life to try to save this fire are now not concerned about the fire. They're so concerned about their life. And there's only one way out as they're down in this canyon and that's up this mountain. And uh, they, they start to go and trek up this mountain and this blaze is coming and the wind's moving in and it's just starting to become consuming. And in the aftermath of those uh, 15 survivors or of those 15 uh, smoke jumpers, only three survived. And what they found in analyzing the people that survived versus everyone else that tragically died is there was one difference. And that one difference is the three that survived took all of the gear that was holding them back, that heavy weight pack that they had that they were using to fight the fire, they let that go. And that's what entrepreneurship is. It's this crazy journey up this mountain with this fire that feels like it's chasing you, uh, that the only way to survive is to shed that weight, is to let go, is to let go of the old mindset, let go of the fears, let go of certain tasks that you shouldn't be spending your time on. That's the way to not only survive, uh, but ultimately to thrive as well. So I think that that's, uh, again, uh, applicable 
to uh, so many entrepreneurs and business owners, especially me. When I was, you know, a, a young entrepreneur, when I was, you know, building my first businesses and getting to that, you know, before my first seven-figure business, uh, I needed to let go. I need to realize the importance of that as tough as it is and working through that. If we use that same analogy of firefighters having to let go of their gear, specific to you, what is that gear that you have to let go of in order to get to the next level, whatever that means for you, not just in terms of, of a business, but relationships and meaning and, and all that other stuff that goes into life? Um, the, the big thing that I have to let go of uh, more recently is is the speed of things. And I'm on my fifth business, Jared. Like This is my fifth business. And, and the first four we're all stepping stones to what I do now. And we just hit our uh, three-year birthday two days ago at the time of this recording. So this is the first time that I've had a business in a vision that I'm like, I'm in this for the long term, right? Like, So what I have let go of uh, recently is that short term, I've got to do everything now, right? And uh, that pressure that I've put on myself, the pressure that I've put on my team, the 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 force and in, 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 in challenge that I've put on everybody, like that's not sustainable in the long run. And look, six months from now, 12 months from now, like those things are going to be here in the blink of an eye. So it's the ones that are playing the long game. Yes, you still want to keep the, 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 the pulse, right? Yes, you want to keep the tempo. Yes, you want to move the needle. Yes, you want to work hard. But taking some of that short-term pressure off to play that long game, that's the big mental shift that, that I've been uh, working through and making some really good progress on and, and that, that, that everything has to be that short term and like such at a crazy speed, like that is, uh, that's gone and, and that, that needs to stay gone for us to get to the next level. So that's what I would, I would say. How did you come to that realization that that's what you needed? As we build our leadership team more, that's where a lot of my time and energy goes is to building and optimizing our leadership team because they're running their own departments and they're running the day to day. And I, I don't, you know, work directly with the clients anymore. And I don't, you know, do most of the marketing things and I don't do any sales and all these things anymore. Uh, so we've got amazing leaders in place. So my biggest uh, responsibility is to hire amazing people, set them up to succeed. And I'm only setting them up to succeed uh, if uh, I do that. And if I do take some of the pressure off, but, uh, you know, in the past I have, I have pushed people out because of the pace that I wanted to move at in the short term. Right. And, uh, realizing like, all right, I've got some amazing people now that I want to keep them for the long term. I want to keep them for, you know, five, 10, 50 years, not, you know, two years, like, like I've been keeping or one to two years, like I've been keeping a lot of employees in the past is like, I've got to play the long game with them. So um, seeing that I was headed towards burning out some of my, my key leaders uh, has helped me like reinforce that decision of like, all right, we're in it for the long game. And like, that's the game that we have to play and we've got to approach it that way. And yes, again, there's still a tempo that we move at and a speed that we want to move at, but it's all with the lens of are we doing the right stuff to set us up 6, 12, 18 months from now and building towards that medium and, and longer term uh, and not just pushing week to week every single week, you know? I get the sense that you're somebody that is really a reflective person that's able to continuously take in new information about yourself in order to improve, not just for you, but for the team, for the business as a whole. Do you have a process that you follow to be reflective like that or is that just intuitive? Uh, I, I, I have them built in to, to different uh, systems that we have. And one of the main systems that you can have is in, with your meetings. Um, and we have uh, every two weeks, 
we do a, a full retrospective for every department uh, to learn, hey, what worked, what, what, what didn't, uh, what, where, do we, where do we need to improve, what systems do we need to fix and improve, what systems do we need to create. So we have some of those built into our team in that way. And then every single week, I'm meeting with everybody that reports to me. And right now, I only have three people reporting to me. Usually, I'll have four or five, but I really like having less. So I have three people reporting to me. And every single week, I'm asking them, what can I do better? Ask them three variations of questions of how can I improve? How can I improve as CEO? How can I better support uh, them personally? How can I better support the team? Different questions like that. So I ask three questions uh, on every single one-on-one weekly. And then in, in every single month, I have this full list. So I keep a list of all the feedback that I'm getting of improvements that I can make. And then I share that with my leadership team of, hey, here's the main takeaways. And it's kind of like this public accountability. And as entrepreneurs, part of the challenge is we don't have anybody above us, right? Like we're the boss. (laughs) So we need to build in that uh, accountability. And uh, most people don't do that. So I've tried to do that in certain ways. But if you can, my, my big thing is, is like if you can learn and get a little bit better every single week, you're going to become unstoppable, right? And if you just take that approach, then again, you're going to become unstoppable pretty, pretty quick. But what so many people are doing is they're so busy in that survival mode, so busy in the day to day, that they're not stopping, they're not reflecting, they're not learning and getting better, they're not building assets, and they're just like having to muscle things ongoing, that they work hard. And at the end of the week, they're like, what the heck happened? My, my bank account's not going up. My, uh, I know I worked hard, but like, what did I even do? So if you can build in those places to cr- like list out those lessons, to, to get that feedback, to have that accountability and to improve a little bit every single week and, and have other people see that, again, you're going to transform because I'll go back to the quote again, the third time is your uh, success is directly related to how well and how often you transform yourself as the leader. And I just like live by that. And I think that everybody needs to live by that to keep growing their business. That's a great process. The only shitty thing is that you have to take negative feedback about yourself. I'm really in the mindset Mm. that I only want people to pat me on the back. So um, Mm. I like the process, but I'm totally kidding. Yeah. So, um, so, so like for me, growth is happiness. Like if I don't get negative feedback, then I'm like, I'm not pissed, but I'm like, you know, like, yeah, you got to give me, give me something to, and, and so I played sports all, all growing up. So like, I'm used to having somebody yell in my face, you know, what I should do, even though if I was the best player on the team or whatever, you know, like, so I, I need that feedback personally. And I think everybody should, should love to get that and like really, really like let that sink in. And because it, it's not a negative thing, like if you want to make it a positive thing to give constructive criticism because we want to we want to give that to our team members as well, because guess what? We're going to see some gaps and opportunities for them to improve. So if you can create a culture of this feedback, this constructive criticism is a good thing and a positive thing, then that not only you know benefits you and your mindset, you don't get down from it like you, you, you take it in stride, but you're able to. Uh, have your other team members pick it up and, and adopt it and improve from it much quicker. And like, you just start to grow exponentially. Like that's the cool thing. So make it fun to like get that feedback and make it like, no, I want you to give me that negative feedback. And if you lead the way on that, then it opens up them, your team members to say, what can I do better? Or when you do share it, because they just unload it on you, like then they're open to receiving some back, right? And it's not like this negative thing of like, oh, well, you did this. You know, it's like, no, we're working together on that. So if you take it in the right way, 
it works really, really well. And I, I for me, it's fun. It's like I love getting that um, because like I don't, I can't get enough of that opportunities for me to improve personally. Uh, and I think that's just an, a, a mindset adoption that everybody has to have if they don't have it already. I think sports is such a great parallel to life and teaches you obviously so many great skills. One of those is how to take feedback. Is there any other ways you think your uh, college sports, for example, and, and competitive sports has translated to your own ex- own success? Oh, I mean, it's it's been the most important thing. It has been the most important thing. And uh, uh, I, I, I tell people sometimes I didn't get an engineering degree. I got a football degree. <laughs> like, that's that's where my real <laughs> education was. Like, let's be real. It's like out on the football field and like the leadership that has to happen, the mentality of whatever the last play was, like we got one play in front of us, right? And like just always iterating, always improving there. The uh, mentality of, uh, uh, of, you know, preparation and hard work and discipline and uh, taking care of yourself. Like I, I, I tell people like as an entrepreneur, you need to treat your body as you're a professional athlete, right? It's like, because like you need that stamina, you need that mentality, you need that energy, you need that ability to think, you need the discipline, you need some of these certain things. So, uh, so I take so much of that. But one of the biggest things that stands out is from a leadership standpoint. And from a leadership standpoint on, on a team, oftentimes you'll have these different personalities, especially in college. In college, we had people from so many different cities across the U.S., coming together with so many different personalities that you've got to have everybody rowing in the same boat. And those are completely different humans, right? And uh, to, to try and get uh, uh, so many people rowing in the same boat that are so different or rowing in the same direction uh, that are so different, like that's taught me so much in communication and, and how you know communication to different people is different um, and leading the way by example. So, man, there's so many lessons that have come from sports and, and for me, football. I want to transition over to 2X now, and you've had this really remarkable success with implementing strategies and and systems for people and their businesses to take them from six-figure businesses to seven-figure businesses. I think you gave the statistic already that only 4% of businesses ever end up becoming seven-figure businesses. Can, Can you talk about that process that you guys follow at 2X to double someone's business in 90 days? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So one of the, the the first things that we do, so we come in and oh, the first thing that we want to do is we've got to simplify. We've got to cut stuff out because people don't need more stuff to do. People don't have capacity for more stuff to do. So before we do anything, we've got to see what is, are we doing? Where's our time and energy going? That just isn't moving the needle or that just doesn't matter. And we've got to cut that out. Next is we've really got to nail the strategy and everybody thinks that their strategy is really good, but we break down the strategy in a couple key pillars. We're looking at what's your model. Most people's model is built around them and their time. No, we've got to change the model to actually be set up so that it can actually scale and most importantly scale without the entrepreneur or CEO or key leaders doing the day-to-day. We want to look at uh, what is, uh, how are they differentiated and make sure that we really nail their positioning. Most people are just too broad uh, in who they target. They're not differentiated enough. So we've got to really nail uh, that uh, uh, and that setup. Uh, and next, we've got to look at uh, what's your, your short-term plan? What's the, the, the actions that we're going to take and, and oftentimes related to growth that, that we're going to do um, and get really, really clear on those. So if we're more specific, more targeted, more strategic, more differentiated, and more set up to scale with those particular things, uh, we're set up to succeed. 
and 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 we can easily start to get some traction. So again, let me remind you, step one is we're going to simplify and cut out everything that doesn't work or everything that doesn't really matter. Focus in on what does. So we, now we've got more capacity. We've got more time. Number two is we're going to improve our strategy that's going to lead to better conversions, more focus, less uh, complexity, uh, more alignment from the team. And then, uh, then we're going to move into uh, starting to to do uh, or build an operational machine. So everything that you do in your business is a system. We want to be focusing on those systems. We want to be focusing on numbers so that you can step into being a true business owner and see exactly what's going on and have that consistency and predictability. Uh, And that leads us to the last step, which is, all right, now we've got more capacity. We've got a much better, more differentiated uh, uh, strategy that's going to get us much more traction. Now everything that we're doing, we're driving much more consistency and getting more out of our team by having an operational machine. Now it's like, all right, now we've got the capacity and clarity that let's go and do these two growth strategies or let's launch this new product or let's do this marketing strategy or let's do whatever and we can quickly grow. So we've had you know six-figure clients uh, – uh, 4x their business, 5x their business, 9x their business uh, in very short periods of time and have helped so many make that leap from six to seven figures and even people from seven to eight figures. So uh, we also have a clients coming into us at sometimes four, eight, 12 million. And guess what? It's the same exact process. How can we simplify? How can we really nail your strategy? How can we turn your businesses into an operational machine and then get to growth? And so many people want to start with growth but if you start with that without the proper strategy or in, in, in a differentiated way, without the time and the capacity, without the operations in place, as soon as you start, try to start to scale, A, you're not going to get the conversions. But if you do start to get any traction, you're just going to create so many more headaches and fires. So we've got to take things in a very strategic order. And if you do this right, Jared, you're going to lead to some exponential growth. And that's what we see. You talk a lot about systems. I think for a lot of folks out there in their businesses, they think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm already I'm tied up in everything. I'm doing everything. I've tried to dele- delegate. I can't do it. it. It hasn't worked for me in the past. I don't have the time to then add on this systematization of of my processes. It's it's almost like a writer, for example. If you're just staring, you're a writer and you're staring at a blank page. It's so hard to get started. Is there anything that you recommend to folks that might feel that way? Related to systems? Yeah, exactly. Getting yeah, started. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the cool thing about systems is you're already doing all the work, <laughs> like it, there, there's usually not a lot of new things that we tell people to do. We, we usually just look at what they're doing and say, Hey, you, you know, Hey Susie, Susie's been doing that, that particular task for, for, you know, 12 months. Let's turn that into a system so that we can save her four hours a week on that one particular task. Um, and, uh, uh, so it, it's not necessarily like a bunch of new creation. It's documenting and, 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 uh, properly recording or automating or doing certain things, uh, so that you're t- taking what you're do, you're doing already and turning it into a system. And the big thing is, is like, once you have that system where it's like, you're setting somebody else up for success and you're explaining what to do and you're showing them the path or you're, you're, uh, mapping it out step by step, exactly what to do. Uh, you can hand that off. And you can better uh, delegate. And as soon as you better delegate, now, you know, somebody that's at, let's say, 15 or $20 an hour can do that task. And then you can go and free up that time to go and work on $200 an hour tasks. Now we're talking about taking your business to the next level, right? So um, you're already doing all the work. 
and uh, you want to document what, you, what you're already doing and then delegate that on down. So a system can be in the form of a checklist. It can be uh, an SOP, which is a standard operating procedure, which basically maps out step by step what to do. It could be in the form of a software application. It could be automation. Uh, it could be a, in the form of a template. So again, literally everything that you do in your business is some form of system. So if you have this, where you have the templates and you've got you know the the step by steps and you know what to do, like you can delegate pretty much everything in your business and then you as the leader be spending your time on the big relationships and you know the strategic vision of the company and you know uh, the the big marketing initiatives or the things that are going to move the needle and not on this day to day step by step things that can be done by somebody else so that's it is like don't think of it being un- overwhelming understand what a system is and again it's all those things and then start to document what you're already doing and hand that off to somebody else and explain and work with them how to do that particular thing. Because what you'll find as soon as you start to do this, and as long as you do it slow and not do it like try to offload all your tasks in one day, do it slow and methodically, you'll start to see, oh, wow, like I didn't think anybody could manage my inbox. And now I don't even have to check my inbox, you know? So uh, like, for instance, Jared, like you, you, you're emailing my inbox, sugar, uh, my assistant handles my inbox, right? And I've responded to you a couple of times. Um, but it's all cleaned up that I can go in and know who I need to respond to and everything. I don't have to spend but a couple minutes every single week in my inbox. So it's like the, everything that we think that we can't offload with the proper system, you can't. If my inbox was cleaned up, I'd have no reason to procrastinate. So I feel like that's, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't like that world. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if I can't check CNN, I'm not happy. Yeah, trust me, there is a lot of reasons to procrastinate. I, I, <laughs> I think if we if we got rid of uh, uh, of your inbox and CNN, there'd still be at least fifty different uh, ways that we could procrastinate. That's for sure. You're right. There's still hope for me. <laughs> I, I, know, I know. I know a lot of people come to you. A lot of business owners come to you, and they say, "I just want to increase my leads." Why oh my is that gosh. the wrong way to think? Oh my God. It's, it's the number one thing that, that we hear is I just need more leads. And like, we'll have somebody come to us and, and, and let's just make up an example. Let's, let's say that they're at, you know, $300,000 a year in their business. They've got a small team of, you know, three, three people. Um, and, uh, they come to us and they're like, all right, I'm, I'm good. I just need more leads. Do you like you all, I see all your success stories. I see you doubling, tripling, quadrupling businesses in 90 days. Like, uh, you just, you, you're a marketing agency or you just get people more leads, right? They're like, I just need more leads. All right. And then we're good. And I asked them, uh, Hey, what about your, like, what about your sales conversion? Are your sales conversion strong? And they're like, ah, you know, kind of not really. And then we, we ask about, you know, their, their team and is their team performing? We ask about, you know, what their, what their products are. Uh, and we start to break it down and we realize, all right, a, this person doesn't know their numbers. And if we don't know the numbers, then we're not ready to really scale because, you know, we've got some leaks and gaps and opportunities there. Um, but, but also, uh, B, there's, there's so many other issues to fix. And when we come into a business, there's an order that we look at to drive growth. And in fact, marketing and driving leads is the last one, Jared, the last one. Because imagine this. So imagine we've got this $300,000 per year business and we come in and we ask them, hey, what's the, what's the value of a customer that you bring in? And they, first of all, they don't know. And if they do know, they're usually wrong once we, like, we really get into the numbers. But, but let's say that the average customer that they bring in is worth $2,000, okay? So what we found is 
if we improve the positioning, if we clean up the business in the model and the offerings, if we make the uh, fulfillment much better, what we're able to do by making things easier and more focused, we're able to take that same exact client and change nothing besides fulfillment and be able to, to either keep them longer or charge them more or upsell them or downsell them to another product. So we're able to take this one client and turn it from instead of being worth $2,000 to you to being worth $4,000. So if we did nothing on the marketing side, if we did literally nothing on the sales side and we have this one client that's worth twice as much uh, money uh, to you, like that's going to make your business double right there with just one lever. So we like to start with fulfillment uh, and really dial it in. And then let's take this even further. So now we've got the same client that is kind of meteor, mediocrely. Is this a word? Mediocrely? Yeah, totally. uh, <laughs> it is now. Urban yeah, on, on this podcast, yeah, on this podcast, <laughs> it's, 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 it can be uh, created. Um, so th- there's somebody that comes in and previously they're, they're kind of happy. You know, they're like, yeah, it was, it was good, you know, and they like you, but they're not like a raving fan. But if we go and we dial that in by making things more simple, more targeted, more strategic, and just like from a better uh, offer standpoint, now not only does this client go from two to $4,000, but now they're a raving fan and they're a success story. So now we've got a great success story that we can share in our marketing. We've got a great case study that we can share to help improve sales conversions. We've got this person that's a raving fan that then sends two or three other hot leads, two of those three hot leads close. And now this one client that was $2,000 now turned into three clients total that are $4,000 each. So that means with just one lever, by making better fulfillment, we just 6X to the business in this one example, let alone the long-term uh, uh, referrals that would come from those other two people and the other people that they would come from. You know, So if we can start with a nail fulfillment, this is an exponential lever that very few people realize, Jared. So we go and don't focus on leads first. We focus on things in a very strategic order, and it means all the difference in the world. With everything you just said, how do I get more leads? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think and, I missed the point. And you, you did miss the point, but here's, here's the answer is it goes back to your strategy. So we talked about, all right, we've got to come in. We've got to clean things up and simplify. Step two is we've re- really got to nail your strategy. And if we nail your strategy, we're more focused we're more targeted. We're more differentiated. Uh, we have irresistible offers, and most people have zero irresistible offers. So if we can make an irresistible offer, that's going to help sales conversions and everything. And like the what you need to do from a marketing standpoint becomes so clear when you get super targeted on who you are, who you're going after, how you help them, what your products are. So like it's all in a strategy. So not only does it make things simpler, it exponentially grows every part of your business. Uh, and like those two things like are pretty nice. Like wait, everybody wants to, 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 to have more success with less, with less effort, right? And that's possible if you really nail some of these fundamental things uh, and, and including getting more leads. You get interviewed so often, I know. Is there something that you wish you got asked either about your, your personal experience in entrepreneurship or 2X specifically that, that you don't get asked or Maybe there's just something, a message you want to end on. Uh, I would say the question that I always think of is what's that fast forward button, right? Like what, what could I do that would have me 
get more done in the next six to 12 months as I otherwise would if I didn't do that thing in five years, right? So like the successful are thinking, how can I compress time? And what are those levers? And if I would go back and tell myself some of these things, I would tell myself the importance of investing in yourself, investing in your personal self, like your mindset and your own self-discovery and any issues and challenges that, that you have from usually from a mindset standpoint, uh, investing in yourself in the form of mentors and coaches. And I'm not just saying that because we have a coaching program. Like I'm always investing in myself. Like I always have coaches myself uh, personally and in business. Um, so like if you can find and invest in people that can that have been there or that are you know three steps ahead of you that can shortcut you your time, you're going to get more done again in six to 12 months than you otherwise would in five years trying to do it yourself. And I started my journey as an entrepreneur because I grew up in a family without money and because of you know certain mindset and scarcity issues that I had, I wanted to do it all myself and figure it out. And I, I was just like consuming books and reading blogs and like didn't have any mentors, any coaches. And that was the slow path. And again, one of the accelerators, one of the fast forward buttons in my experience, and I think it's true across the board, is investing in yourself, investing in coaches, investing in mentors. And sometimes it's not going to work out for, straight up. Sometimes it's, it's going to be, you're going to lose money. Sometimes you're going to get burned. And I've been burned so many times. That's why I created 2X in the way that I have. And now we actually guarantee results because we want to take that risk off the table because I've been burned personally uh, too many times. Um, and we know our stuff works. So find coaches, find mentors, find different ways that you can invest in yourself. And if you play that long game, you're going to be accelerating at a much faster pace than pretty much anybody around you. And that's, that's a, a cool thing to be able to do uh, because there's literally anything that's possible if you can do that. And uh, that's the fun of it. Well, Austin, thank you for sharing and accelerating the folks that are listening today, accelerating their growth. I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us today, my friend. You are somebody who has just nailed this entrepreneurship thing and and been following along with you and and the books and, and the material you're putting out there. And uh, it's all tremendous stuff. And so thank you so much for sharing your time. And for the folks listening, if you want to learn more about 2X, you can find them on their website at 2x.co. You can find Austin on Facebook at Austin Netsley or on Instagram at Netsley. Austin, my man, thank you, brother, for joining us. Jared, love what you're up to, my friend. And uh, I'm glad that we could start to build a friendship. I look forward to coming to Banff and, and playing together there. And uh, let me know how I can support in any way. And uh, again, appreciate you having me on. If you like this episode, you might also like episode number 22 with another young CEO, Chandler Bold, who founded Self Publishing School. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stay tuned for more stories from successful entrepreneurs, artists, influencers, and sports and medical moguls. Please know that I've got your back, and the world needs you to go out there and create, innovate, and iterate. If you like this episode, then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also find Strive Accelerator on Instagram at strive accelerator and find show notes and all of our free content on our website at striveaccelerator.com i always want to hear feedback from listeners so please shoot me an email at jared at striveaccelerator.ca